Welcome to Scaredy Cast, everybody. We're here. We got crazy things to talk about this week. We're going to tell you how to survive some animal attacks. We got stuff about Bigfoot. We got ghosts. We got celebrities. Well, not on the show. I mean, that would be cool. We've had celebrities on before, though. Uh, you know, we've had Tom Savini, Felissa Rose, you know, just to name a couple. Uh, and we have a, uh, we got something very special at the end of this episode. Um, if you're a long time scaredy cast listener, if you've been listening to us for a while, you're going to be very happy. What's at the very end of the show. Don't skip ahead though. Listen to, listen to the whole thing. Let it, let it build up, you know, let the anticipation build for what's coming up towards the end of the show. And you'll be very happy. I promise. Anyways, uh, what we got coming up, remember that Patreon, we need that support, y'all. I need your support. We got some things coming up this week. I got movie reviews from movies I've seen, some horror movies I've watched this month. We're going to do another one. Uh, my 10-year-old, he watched Cabin in the Woods. He's got some interesting <laughs> thoughts on that movie. And uh, so we're going to put those up on Patreon. And other than with the on the Patreon stuff, which you can fully support us at patreon.com slash scaredycast. Get some interviews. Get some stickers. I'm making brand new stickers. They're in the works. And if you're new to Patreon, we still got some old stickers in stock. You get those too. So if you're new to our Patreon, you get the new stickers and the old stickers. And if you're already a Patreon, thank you. We got new stickers coming. Uh, other than that, we may have a Halloween special coming up later this week. Still in the works. I can't man a Halloween special by myself, but if I have to, I'll do it. But we're trying to get some guests in here. Conspiracy Kyle might show up. Trying to wrangle Kelsey back in here. We never know. Uh, we'll see what happens. Don't know. Shoot. I reached out to Elvira on Twitter to see if she wanted to be on. She probably want to answer, but hey, it doesn't hurt to ask, right? So let's dive in. Uh, there's a website called getpocket.com. Uh, they broke down a new book that's out or coming out. I don't know. Uh, from Rachel Levin. She's got a book called Look Big, and it tells you how to survive animal encounters so you don't get eaten or killed or maimed or mauled, whatever. It's called Look Big. Rachel Levin, um, she breaks down how to serve like 50 different kind of animals. And she tells you how to survive all this and get away. Um, uh, but get pocket. They broke down five. We're going to go over those five right now. First off, the one I'm interested in is rattlesnakes. What do you do if you're out hiking or even if you're in my neighborhood where I live in Arizona, if you're just trying to go get the mail, if you're just walking out on your front porch and there's a rattlesnake. When I was a little kid, I remember I was just going to go to my friend's house, went out to the garage, opened up the garage door, started to get on my bicycle, started to wheel it out of the garage, and I start hearing, oh my God, rattlesnake in the garage. I go running back in the house, I'm screaming, rattlesnake, snake in the garage. My uncle goes out there with a shovel and chops its head off. My uncle with a shovel, 
chopping heads off. Um, but that was when I was a little kid. And I thankfully haven't encountered a rattlesnake in the wild since I've seen them, you know, in zoos and things like that. Uh, we have a place up here where they got a bunch of different rattlesnakes. I saw one poop the other day. They had like a Halloween event going on and they had different species of rattlesnakes in cages. And the guy's packing one up and there's a rattlesnake just like squirted poo and pee all over the cage. And it was interesting. I've seen a rattlesnake take a poo. Who can say that? Not many people, but I can. But what do you do if you encounter one of these? Well, when I was a kid, I encountered one and I survived by just running away screaming. But some people won't do that, you know? But here's what the book says. Look Big by Rachel Levin. She says, if you encounter a rattlesnake, number one, leave it alone. You know, whenever you don't, that's when bad stuff happens. says, let the animal pass. Give it a good 15 feet back up. Coiled, rattling head raised, it's pissed. Give it even more room. And if you accidentally step on one, oh shit, because it's going to bite you. And he says, you got to keep cool. Don't go running because your heart rate will get going. And that'll make that venom start moving through your blood faster. And that's when you're going to be in real trouble. Um, she says, skip the snake bite kits and tourniquets because that's outdated advice. She says, just call poison control. Um, you know, and do your, you know, good luck. Just if you hear this, that's why I'm afraid to go, I need to get in shape. Y'all y'all know that, okay? If you see me on, you know, my social media, some of you follow me on my personal social, you know I'm a little big, I'm a little chunk, okay? Even when you listen to this podcast, you hear me breathing sometimes whenever I get winded, just from talking, all right? But I'm afraid to go out for walks around here because of these things. And I want to wear headphones, but I can't wear headphones because then I won't hear the tss. So... Yeah. What was I talking about? Anyways, just, you know, do your, she says, do your best to avoid snakes in the first place. A sunny 90 degree day, you're going to find snakes. Okay. Definitely don't wear flip flops. Wear boots. Wear steel toe boots. Stop on those snakes heads if you have to. You know, you're going to wear long jeans. Don't use earbuds, she says. Like I just said, see, don't use earbuds. If you're on a mountain bike, you got to be extra cautious. You'll run one of these things over, you know, because rattlesnakes are designed to hear the pounding of things on the ground, you know, and not the roll of a tire tread. So they won't even know you're there until it's too late. You know, they're going to poke their head on and be like, what's that noise? What's going on out here? And see that? And they'll be like, oh my God, I got to bite it. And they're going to bite you. Sleeping bags, shake off those sleeping bags, man. You don't want to mess with that stuff at all. So, you know, if you're walking, if you got to go up to a tree, she says, if you got to go to the bathroom, if you're going to go, you're going to go take a pee, you're going to go up to a tree, take a little pee, maybe pick up a couple rocks, throw them around the tree in the first place, you know, test the area so you make sure it's cool. You don't get bit on your ween or anything. Um, so there you go. That's how you get, just, you know, keep your distance, be alert out there. Rattlesnakes are tough, man. And those things are big, too. I've seen some big rattlesnakes. Whoo! You don't want to mess with these guys. All right. Next animal on this list. They're only doing five. But in her book, she's got 50. Mountain lions. I'm going to tell you right now, man. I'm terrified of snakes, period. 
But I think I could handle my the situation if there was if there was a rattlesnake. If I saw a rattlesnake, I won't be scared. I won't be scaredied. But if I saw a mountain lion, I'm going to mess in my pants. My pants will be full of a mess. Um, here's what she says in the book. If one day you do meet a mountain lion on the trail or wherever you're at, they said uh, one was spotted roaming San Francisco not long ago. Holy crap, man. We got to stop this building out into the wild stuff, man. We got to leave the wild alone because they're going to come knock on our door one day when we're just trying to, we think it's the pizza man, but it's going to be a mountain lion. You know, uh, she says if you encounter a mountain lion, look big. Look as big and alive as you can. Stand up straight, stare the lion in the eyes. I thought you're not supposed to do that. But she says you stare it in the eye, open up your coat like you're going to flash it and stuff. You know, stack people on top of yourself. Pick up, you know, your friend and put them on your shoulders so you look even bigger. Uh, but don't bend over whatever you do. And don't run. Because guess what's faster than you? A mountain lion. And don't just stand there, you know. Don't look scared either. You got to look it in the eye. Let it know you. Be like, you're a mountain lion, but I'm a, I'm a human. And guess who's at the top of this food chain, man? You know, well, you know, put your arms in the air and yell and scream. Throw shit if you got to. Throw water bottles and rocks, whatever you got. You know, and if that mountain lion attacks you, she says, or uh, this is what, no. Um, if a mountain lion attacks you, Veronica Jovovich of the Mountain Lion Foundation says, give them hell, man. Don't lie down or play dead because they'll just eat you. You know, you fight. Just like that dude we talked about on the one episode, man. He had to take on the mountain lion by himself. But then we found out it was just like a baby mountain lion. It wasn't even like a big, bad mountain lion. But, you know, it says, essentially, man, look big. Look scary. Show no fear. And if that mountain lion wants to go and he wants to get these hands, get it, man. You fight with that mountain lion. Go for the eyes, I say. I always say that in any fight, man. Go for those eyeballs. Just poke them. Gouge if you got to. You know, we got to watch out. It says in the real world, mountain lion populations are expanding everywhere. So while that's cool to hear, you know, that a nice animal population is thriving, um, they might eat us. So, you know, be careful. Uh, yeah. Be careful out there. Just animals everywhere, man. All right, next one. And this animal, you guys, whoo, be careful because this one is bed bugs, y'all. We're talking bed bugs. One you if you counter bed bugs. This is what the book says. Put the pest control on speed dial and then ransack searching for evidence. Empty dressers and nightstands and closets. Bed bugs hide behind headboards and mirrors, carpets, couches. You just got to look everywhere for these bed bugs. And just vacuum, man. Just vacuum everything up. Swap out your wooden bed for a steel bed. You got to get that wood out of there. They can't climb metal or bathtubs, so sleep in the bathtub. It looks comfy. Especially if you've got a big bathtub. I got a small one. Um, you want to wash and dry everything on high heat. Seal the rest of your stuff in Ziploc bags for up to a year, it says. 
Ooh. And then whatever you can, you gotta throw stuff away. No time for nostalgia, y'all. You can get trained dogs to find bed bugs. Um, yeah, that's what happens. If you find bed bugs. That doesn't sound like fun. I haven't had to deal with bed bugs yet. I'm sure I will at some point in my life. My kids, man. Oh my gosh. I tell them don't take any snacks to bed. And then I go up there and I find a box of cheese. It's shoved down behind the thing, you know, or uh, the Pringles can all ripped in half. Cause they can't get the bottom Pringled out. So they just tear into it like an animal. I need a book on how, what do you do if you encounter little kids when they're hungry? I, I should write that. My kids are always hungry, especially my six-year-old. My God, that kid does not stop eating, you guys. Moving on, uh, some more of the scaredy animals. Scary animals, what do you do if you encounter an alligator? Thankfully, that's one thing we don't have roaming wild in Arizona is alligators. We got pretty much everything else, though. What did they say if you run into an alligator out in the wild? You run. Zigzag, straight line, doesn't matter. Run however you can. Alligators might be the only predator in the world that you might have a shot beating in a foot race. So, And it says they rarely pursue you on land. Around water, though, you're in trouble. Alligators will ambush you, and they'll latch onto you. They'll do the roll. They'll roll you around underwater, and they'll drown you until you're dead. And then they'll just chomp you down, man. They'll eat you. They don't even care. You know? And if they do get a hold of you, you know, just like Mountain Lion Man, just fight. Fight those alligators. You know, you put up a good fight, you might win. Then you can walk around telling people you fought an alligator and you won. You should see the other alligator. Uh, so, and it does say that alligators prefer not to contend with prey if it's violent and struggling with them. So, that, you know, you might, get a, you might get a shot, dude. Throw a good couple punches in there. Grab the eyeballs a little bit. You know, you might win this one. Do what you can against these alligators. And if any of you have ever been attacked by an animal and you've survived, I definitely want to talk to you. I got to hear about this. I've, I've never talked to anybody that's encountered a crazy wild animal before. I mean, my uncle up in Colorado, he encountered wild animals all the time, but then he just shot and ate them. So, you know, that's how I've eaten elk before. It was pretty good. I kind of liked it. All right, you guys. Last on this five list. Remember, there's 50 in the book. So get the book. Trust me, you never know when you're going to encounter a wild animal. They're wild. They could be anywhere. So get this book. I'm going to get it. So everybody else needs to get it. Because the next one on here, you don't know when you're going to run into these things. Because they're everywhere. What is it? A donkey. Yeah. We got donkeys here where I live. They're wild, man. They roam in the deserts. And you don't know where else they might be roaming. You might just be anywhere in the world. And there's donkeys everywhere. Every place you look, there's a donkey. And what are you going to do if you run into one in the wild and it's pissed off? You're going to be like, I'm glad I got that book. So anyways, and just let so you know, there's, there's no advertising. This isn't a sneaky ad or anything. I just love wild animals, man. <laughs> so, anyways, donkeys. There's not much you can do. <laughs> it says, uh, this person here 
Jan Donner of Livestock Guardian says, there's not much you can do except just try to get away. Whew. To avoid getting into a dangerous donkey situation, you know, uh, it says males are less predictable than horses. So, you know, I don't know. Just look at it. Look for signals of this donkey. Are the ears back? Is the tail swishing? Is the head swinging? Is all that's happening? You're probably going to get your ass kicked by an ass. Your ass is going to handle some ass. And you're in trouble. Don't ever turn your back on a jack. Live by that motto. Make it into a t-shirt. Don't turn your back on a jack, jack. Don't corner it either. Don't go into an enclosure with a donkey. Just stay away from donkeys, man. Period. Uh, it says here the article, one of uh, one of my favorite 4x4 destinations in Death Valley is just full of donkeys. And you'll encounter them many places in the west or south of the border, like bears. They like to sneak into camp and steal your food. So, you know, keep food discipline. Hang it in the trees and all that. Bear-proof coolers are the easiest way to keep them away. These are donkeys and bears. I bet, you know, you'll learn about bears in this book, too. So there you go, man. That's how you survive five of these animals. You got to get the book for the other 45. Um, moving on to the weird animal news. We got an update on our boy Bigfoot, you guys. Insert Bigfoot music here. I don't got Bigfoot music. So there we go. We'll work on it. We'll get Skinwalker Beats on it, you guys. If you're not following Skinwalker Beats, he does our music on the show. Give him a follow on all the social media. I'm going to get him to make me a Bigfoot. He probably did and sent it to me and I just lost it. You know, the show's been down for a while, so I lost a lot of my files. What do you want me to do, okay? Uh, Lake James. In North Carolina, there's a new photo, and guess what? It's grainy as hell. So I got some grainy images at about 2 o'clock in the morning. They're all black and white because it's 2 o'clock in the morning, and they got the night vision going. But grainy photos of a shadowy figure standing on the banks of Lake James have reignited talk of one or more Bigfoot living in the mountains northwest of Charlotte, North Carolina. Home of the Nature Boy. A series of images were reportedly taken around 2 a.m. and posted to Facebook by Bigfoot 911, a research group dedicated to Bigfoot, obviously. And uh, I'm looking at these photos. And you know what? Looks like something big and shadowy standing by some trees. It could be Bigfoot. Uh, he said he was standing there watching us, swaying back and forth. Says he must have felt safe because there were four of us in the boat and he was up on the shore. So he was like, hey, ain't no thing. He says, uh, the guy that got the photo says they didn't feel like they were in any danger. And he just wanted to watch us, but also want to get away from us. They don't want to engage us at all. So. You look out, go out there, man. If you're looking for Bigfoot, they just saw one there, right there, Lake James, North Carolina. Right outside of Charlotte. There you are. Bigfoot. Try to get a good camera out there, you guys. HD is a thing. So much. They got 4K. You get 4K now. 4K cameras. All right. 
It looks pretty convincing. I mean, it does look like, I mean, I wish there was some video stuff. God, just somebody get us some good stuff, man. I just want to see a real Bigfoot. There's got to be something real all these years. Why doesn't another member of Blink-182 go to Bigfoot? It worked out for Tom DeLonge of Blink-182. Listen to this. Listen to this, guys. Big, like, Bigfoot, we got aliens. For real. Remember how we talked about... I mean, this is this is insane. I mean, if somebody, if, if somebody went back in time and told me about all this, I'd be like, you're out of your mind. So, Tom DeLonge former front man for Blink-182, pretty much quit the music business and dedicated his life to aliens. He founded uh, the To The Stars Academy of Arts and Sciences, TTSA, and, you know, they got a hold of some footage of unidentified flying objects. They released this footage, and the military itself came out and they were like yeah that's that was that's real this is a really a thing ufos are real and remember like we talked about this on an old episode how nobody's making a big deal about this that the military literally has come out and said ufos are real well a small update to that is tom delong and his to the stars academy have now signed a contract with the united states army so that's how real this is, you guys. <laughs> like former Blink-182 frontman Tom DeLonge is now part of the US Army when it comes to UFOs because they they were out there telling us all along about this and we just laughed and made fun of it cuz we're like, "Yo, okay, Blink-182 guy, you're looking into UFOs. This is weird." And then it's like, "Oh yeah, well, here's evidence." And we're like, oh, that's interesting. And then the military says, yeah, guess what? They're, that's real. And now he's working for them. That's crazy, man. So, hope your minds are still intact after being blown away by that. That's what's happening there. All right, moving on. We got some ghosts. Would you believe it if I told you that the Travel Channel is going to have another show on about ghosts? I know this might be hard to comprehend, but guess what? The Travel Channel, they don't really give a shit about traveling. They just love ghosts. And I don't blame them because I love ghosts too. I'll watch all the ghosts they throw at me. Well, they have another one now with celebrities who are going to tell you about their ghost encounters. I think there was already a show kind of like this. Um, but there's a new show. It's called Famously Afraid. Travel Channel's bringing out... Uh, I think it's already out, maybe. It doesn't have a premiere date, but it says something about... It's part of their October lineup. So it might already be out. I mean, this article I'm reading is just from last week. Uh, so maybe it's airing this week. I don't know. Check your local listings, everybody, for Famously Afraid. Anyways, uh, in each episode, three celebrities and additional witnesses offer um, a behind-the-scenes look into their encounters that varies from everything from UFOs, demons, haunted houses, and more. Uh, they got people such as Howie Mandel, Tori Spelling, Amber Rose, Kate Flannery, Montel Williams. What? 
I gotta watch this. Um, so there you go, guys. I mean, of course I'm gonna watch it. It says in the show's opening episode, Howie Mandel recalls when a spirit in his home targeted his young daughter. Well, I don't like that at all. Oh, here we go. It premieres on November 5th. So there you go, guys. I got you. November 5th. Famously afraid. Howie Mandel's going to scare the shit out of you. No thanks. I am not down with that. Um, speaking of ghosts, we got some Detroit ghost hunters recently shared their five scariest paranormal experiences. We're going to talk about that. Here we go. I don't like these ghosts, man. I don't like ghosts. Y'all know. Y'all know me and ghosts. When I went on those ghost hunts with Brandon a while back, I was, I don't like that. I don't like it at all. I was scared. I don't even like, I like watching ghost shows on TV during the day. I'll tell you right now, if it's like one in the morning and I'm by myself and everybody else is asleep and I'm downstairs and it's all dark and there's a ghost show on, guess what's not getting watched? The ghost show. I will instead watch 90 Day Fiance. I love 90 Day Fiance. I'm about to start a 90 Day Fiance podcast, I think. I'm already on season five. Anyways, we're not here to talk about 90 Day Fiance. This isn't 90 Day Fiance cast. This is the scaredy cast, and we're about to get our pants scared off because the Detroit ghost hunters, they're sharing their five scariest experiences. Number five, Brandy had their shirt pulled while they were in a psychiatric hospital while investigating on the first floor of the Louise Psychiatric Hospital. Detroit psychic medium Brandy Marie Investigator Joseph Warner and guest investigator Angela Kay were conducting a spirit box session. The energy in the room began to feel heavy to everyone present, and Brandy began to sense a strong negative male entity standing along the wall behind Joe and Angel. Brandy turned to Angel to move away from the energy, but at that very moment, something bizarre happens to her left sleeve. Video recording the moment captures what seems to be a telegram. I'm not going to watch that video. If you guys want to watch this stuff, go to the website, click on Detroit.com, and it's on there. Click on Detroit.com slash Halloween. It should be one of the first things you find on there. You guys can watch these videos. I ain't going to watch these videos right now because it's dark outside. Okay. No, thanks. It's dark outside. My wife is at home. My little kid is somewhere else in the house right now making weird noises. So it's already scaring me just reading that paragraph and listening to this weird child noise in the background because I'm scared. Hey, be quiet. Please. Hey, quiet. All right. Uh, Jeff and Todd's attachment, November of 2016, traveled to Winchester, Indiana to investigate Randolph Country infirm- Infirmary. It was a quiet night. Uh, they woke up one night, reached over for my phone. The screen lit up and it read 3.57 a.m. I looked towards the hallway leading directly to my room and saw a shadowy figure about my size speed walking down the hallway towards my bed. Fuck that. I would throw my phone at it. Let's <laughs> start swinging my fist in the air. Um, I jumped out of bed, darted towards the door, turned around, and it was gone. 
As I crawled back in the bed, my hands were shaking. Yeah, I would be too. There'd be no going back to bed after that. Eventually, I felt, they says, eventually, I fell back to sleep. Nope, not me. I'd be awake. That's when the day starts. It's right there at 4 in the morning. I'd be waking everybody else up too. Be like, hey, everybody. Let's get up. I'd be walking outside. I'd go, I would go outside, I think. And I'd just wake up my neighbors too. I'd be too scared, you guys. I'm a big scaredy. I don't like it. I'm scaredy. I'm a scaredy cat. Uh, number three is the third floor of that psychiatric hospital that we were just talking about where the sleeve was tugged on. Things get scarier. Um, while walking on the hallway through the middle of the floor, the three people that were investigating stopped to talk about the presence of a male entity that they were feeling. Just as Brandy says, I'm telling you, there is no man. A vinyl record that was sitting atop a filing cabinet flew off of it and slammed down on the middle of the floor hard enough to break it. Yeah, they screamed and they ran downstairs. There's video of that happening. No thanks. I'm not going to watch it. I'll post this to our Facebook, though, and you guys can watch all this all you want. Knock yourselves out. Why am I doing a paranormal podcast? I'm too scared. All this scares me. I'm terrified right now. I don't want to read any more of this. <laughs> Number two, Carrie Jacob Bond's house. Oh, my gosh. During a very cold weekend in February of 2017, we traveled to the Upper Peninsula to visit and investigate the Iron County Historical Museum. That sounds terrifying. Similar in some way to Greenfield Village, the museum has 22 buildings from throughout the area. Upon entering the house, we played music that was composed by Carrie Jacobs Bond, and the energy in the home seemed to almost instantaneously shift. Everybody's hair stood on end, and we could tell we were no longer alone in that house. Well, way to go, guys. Todd was sitting on the couch in the parlor, and on the other end of the couch was a K2 meter and voice recorder. Across from Todd were two paranormal investigators. One of them mentions she had the chills, and the other remarks... She can't focus on the green light of the K2 meter. She said it looked misty, as if something was standing between her and the light. Todd asks, any spirits touch the green light? At that moment, the audio recorder captures the sound of the K2 meter starting to shift subtly against the couch's velvet-like material. After several seconds of this, the meter literally shoots off the couch, flying nearly eight feet across the room landing at one of the investigator's feet, causing her to scream in fear. Yeah, I don't blame you. It scared her so bad, she began crying and left the house and would not go back in. Good. Yeah. Good. That's the smartest person I've ever heard in my life. That's what I did once when I was, we were at Pioneer Village and that door swung open. I left the house. I'd walk right outside. I said, nope. I went out. I'm done. And number one on here, the scariest thing they've ever encountered. Oh, boy. All right. The Beaver Island headlight. I need a drink. I'm parched. All this talking. That's all right. Because after this number one here, what I told you guys at the beginning of the episode, the big surprise is up next. I won't be the one talking anymore. I can take a break. That's right. Someone else is on tonight. So get ready. First up, though. Beaver Island, I can't even talk anymore. The Beaver Island headlight. During a visit to Beaver Island, we were told by the locals that we needed to visit the Beaver Island headlight. Dating back to 1858, the former lighthouse sits on the island's southern end 
down a long dirt road that itself is very creepy at night. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dirt roads are creepy as hell at night. Trust me. I do Postmates deliveries. Okay. Make a little side cash. I've been doing some Postmates. One night, I had to drive down this dirt road out in the middle of nowhere to deliver some Taco Bell. And it was creepy as hell. Of course, when I got there, the house was very nice. There's a nice lady out there. Maybe she was a ghost. Maybe she wasn't. She got a Taco Bell. And then I left. But it was a scary dirt road. I had to drive down for a long time. I got lost once. And they did not leave me a tip. Can you believe it? Anyways, immediately, we pulled up Brandy, the psychic, sensed a woman standing on the porch, pointing back towards the road, saying, Go. You need to leave. She said the woman didn't sound angry, but rather that she was trying to protect us from something darker in the building that wouldn't tolerate us being there. So, I'm sure they went and... The house itself was locked up, but they leave the light tower and a small building connecting it to the living quarters open 24-7 for visitors. The energy at the lighthouse felt heavy and intense. And we all had a sensation we were being watched. Despite being in the dark on the island's remote southern end, we entered the small unlocked building and took 20 minutes of audio before we left and headed back to our camp. As Todd was listening back to the audio, he heard something so scary that he literally threw the headphones off his head. Man. While in the building, I was leaning against a locker and said, You can't shake this door handle for me like this, Todd jokes and said. What if you did that and the door was open and it wasn't locked anymore? At that time... Todd and I were alone in the building, but the audio captured proves we weren't as alone as we thought. A voice was not heard in the moment, but on the recording says, Shipwreck, I told you to go. The voice sounds like something from The Exorcist, very dark and powerful. Yes, they have the audio right here for you to listen to. No, I will not listen to it. But like I said, I'm going to post the link to all this stuff on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash scaredycast. You can go there. You can watch all these terrifying videos. Listen to this terrifying audio. I ain't going to do it. I would play it here on the podcast, but I don't know if we're allowed to like rip their audio and put it on here. I'd probably not be. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think it's. No, I ain't. No, I got to do that. Give them their your hits and stuff. If you want to, you know, I told you where to find this. I'm gonna head on our. I'm gonna post it on Facebook right now. All right, and that's gonna do it for my part of Scaredy Cast this week. It's time for the return of our boy, our man Dan from Down Under. That's right, Dan from Down Under is back. Scaredy Cast is back, and we can't be back if we don't got Dan from Down Under. And I'm gonna tell you guys right now. Dan from Down Under is a big reason why this podcast is even back to begin with. There's a lot of our hardcore listeners out there that even over the months, they stay in touch with me. They've shot me a little instant message here and there on Twitter, you know, checking in, see how I'm doing, seeing what's new. And Dan was the man. He was always checking in on me, seeing what's up. So I said to Dan, I'm like, Dan, if I'm bringing back Scaredy Cast, I need Dan from Down Under back too. So here he is, guys. Dan from Down Under. We'll be back later this week with a Halloween special. 
Talk to you later. G'day, Scaredy Cast. Dan from Down Under. People keep asking if I'm back, and I haven't really had an answer. But now, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. We're all back. Scaredy Cast is back. Dan from Down Under is back. Uh, this is awesome. Things are back on, so uh, let's get things started. Um, it's been a long time since I've recorded a Dan from Down Under, and I'm not really even really sure why it stopped. It sort of happened when um, we went away on holiday last year, uh, pretty much exactly a year ago, give or take. Um, it was pretty busy, and 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 uh, we were away for two weeks, and um, things just sort of got out of hand. And then I started to think, uh, well, it's been this long. Tony probably doesn't want me back. Um, you guys probably have forgotten about me, but uh, and, and it just sort of got a bit too too hard to find the time to to record anything. So and I sort of ran out of material too. Was the other thing. It sort of started off awesome at the start. Um, all these great ideas and everything and and then it sort of you know dawned on me that things got got a bit boring and I got a bit repetitive I didn't want to get repetitive so um but anyway I noticed that uh I saw that Skeddycast had a bit of a hiatus and now Tony's got back on board and so I figured I'd jump back on the bandwagon as well and just see how we go um I just want to tell you a bit about the holiday that we went on nothing it wasn't anything overly spooky or anything but we went to um we went to my nation's capital in Canberra and um, spent a few days there, and then we went to Sydney, and um, which is the biggest city in um, in Australia. And I'd been there a few times, but my family hadn't. And we did the whole um, Sydney Harbour Bridge and um, just did the touristy thing, and it was bloody awesome. Except the first day that we were there, we got absolutely done over by a dodgy uh, taxi driver. We um, we walked from our hotel room pretty much downhill to Sydney Harbour and um, had a bit of a look around and uh, was there for probably a few hours looking around the Sydney Opera House and everything. And we thought, oh, it's, it's probably a bit far to walk back. So we'll just grab a taxi. And there was a big lineup of taxis and you could just jump in and grab one. We thought, screw it, we'll just do that. So we jumped in this taxi and the guy was really friendly and everything. He told us all about uh, his life and his job and, 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 you know, he was a really friendly sort of guy. Just hang on a sec. And, um, yeah, he seemed really cool. But then when we got out of the taxi, uh, we'd been – we paid with um, – rather than credit card and PayWave, which is the way we've paid for damn near everything for a couple of years now, he said, oh, no, 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 it has to be um, – it has to be uh, – a debit card, like your your bank card, and so you know, put your number and everything like that. And we sort of thought, oh, my wife paid for it, and Mrs. from uh, down under paid for it and everything. And anyway, long story short, the next morning, we were checking to see whether we had paid for our accommodation, and the slimy bastard had taken nine hundred dollars out of our account. Um, and then, like, what was really cool about it though was our bank was um, was pretty good about it. They contacted us at that same time, pretty much within minutes that after we had seen it, we got a phone call from the bank saying, um, oh, "This looks a bit funny." Um, yeah, so we got funny done over by a fucking taxi driver. Like, we, we yeah, we usually think we're pretty careful about these sort of things. So that put a bit of a dampener on things. So anyway. Um, what else did we do? We went to now. We went to in Canberra the um, our war memorial. Um, now I know this uh, podcast is mainly about spooky things, and I tell you what, there's nothing more spookier than hearing stories of um, of our brave fighters uh, in World War in in all the wars, um, in particular World War uh, One and Two, and World War Two is quite a big um, uh, World War One as well. Uh, 
identifying factor in our in Australia's um, in history, uh, where we sort of um, yeah went overseas to help the Allies, uh, even though we were miles away from any of the. Um, well, it's common thought that we were miles away from any of the action, but um, you know what we sort of forgot and we learnt while we were over at the War Memorial too was that we did get bombed in in Darwin. So um, yeah, there was uh, we weren't uh, totally immune to uh, to war and that. So um, some of the stories we heard there, yeah, were very chilling, um, and and just the whole the whole area, the, the way it's done and everything is is quite awe inspiring, really, and. Um, yeah, there's we just heard some very very awesome stories of soldiers who did some pretty heroic things and um, sort of paid with it with their with their lives. So um, yeah, that that needs to be remembered. Um, try and lighten it up a bit now. I, I, I did some googling to try and find some awesome things to to talk about. This is all a bit last minute, but anyway, I came across this awesome um, this awesome story of. Uh, I'll just uh, let me bring it up here. Where is it? Just one second. Um, sorry, here it is here. <laughs> so I just googled uh, alternate news Australia to try and find some uh, some stories to talk to you guys about. I haven't done any research at all like I usually do. Um, this one was really awesome. Uh, the headline is from the ABC News: Batman-style gun offered to Australian police as less painful alternative to pepper spray and tasers. And I thought this is awesome. A Batman-style gun that wraps people in near unbreakable cord has been offered to law enforcement agencies as an alternative to tasers and pepper spray. But, of course, um, do-gooders, the human rights activists, uh, activists, advocates even, Jesus, uh, warn that such weapons are unlikely to reduce the likelihood of lethal force. Um, <laughs> oh, my God, it's an Arizona-based rap technologies demonstrated its device. It's from... It's a it's an Aussie uh, Skeddycast crossover. Arizona-based Rap Technologies demonstrated its device, a handheld gadget that fires a 2.4-metre Kevlar cord at high velocity to entangle a target to police departments across five Australian states last month. Go us! Go Arizona! Go Australia! Go the US! The company's chief operating officer, blah, 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 said, oh, my God, this is awesome. It's called the Bowler Wrap. Bowler Wrap. Offered police a level of force that has not... that was not reliant on administering pain, such as tasers, pepper spray, baton and rubber bullets, and had been designed for mental health situations in particular. Awesome. Uh, this device seems familiar because it's a similar device as portrayed in the Hollywood Batman franchises in which the caped crusader wrapped his targets in cord to stop them from breaking... Uh, stop them in their tracks. That is awesome. I want to see that working. In fact, <laughs> I want this to become a, uh, a personal... Um, protection device that'd be so cool um i'm not exactly i'm trying to find a picture of it here as i uh as i scroll down uh i don't know there's not a picture of it in action there's pictures of pepper spray i shouldn't laugh i'm 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 finding this um I'm sounding like a total nut job because I'm finding this entertaining. But uh, as a way of put, stopping criminals in their tracks, I think uh, something like this is awesome. So, um, yeah, let, let's keep an eye out, eye, eye out for that. Batman, uh, the Batman gun for um, wrapping criminals up in their tracks. So, yeah, that sounds pretty cool. Um, and on a um, on a slightly different note, so just to finish off, um, 
don't know if you guys have seen the new It yet. Um, uh, Mrs. Down Under and I went a few weeks ago to see it, and oh, I don't know. It was a bit. It was a tiny bit disappointed. Um, I, yeah, it's a sort of movie I didn't think it quite knew what. Um, yeah, what it wanted to be. But uh, I have to say, there was a couple of times there where, um, again, sort of laughing in inappropriate times. Um, there was there was a scene with the with the old lady. Um, making a cup of tea or whatever and she goes out and she comes back and she's all tall and gruesome and she's got the saggy old lady boobs and all that sort of stuff oh my god i really rolled on the floor laughing i thought that was the funniest part of the scene uh funniest part of the movie so yeah spoiler alert on that one but um there was a few jump scares and a few good moments but um yeah overall uh it wasn't anywhere near as good as the original um but still yeah still a good time so i'll actually have to try and catch up on some on some scary movies um leading up to uh, Halloween, um, yeah, I'm a bit behind on, on watching any any sort of spooky, scary stuff. So we will make sure that we do that. Um, we watched Beetlejuice with my son uh, and daughter over the um, over this weekend. Um, I watched it last night and again this morning. It's on our um, cable TV movie channels. Um, it doesn't quite hold up. It's not as good as I thought it was when I was a kid. But my kids liked it, and there's some pretty cool moments in it. So, um, yeah, Beetlejuice. That's that was pretty cool um, movie. So, anyway, guys, that's where I'll leave it this week. Hopefully, there's much, much more to come. Um, I'll start working more on getting some some um, spooky news. Um, we got a couple of ideas for maybe doing something at Halloween. Um, for those of you that have been with us. Uh, throughout the journey um you may remember that halloween is my um is my birthday so um mrs down under came up with a bit of an idea we'll see if it comes to fruition it's always a bit hard to get these things happening um with our busy schedules a busy lifestyle so um we might try and get out on halloween and do some field field work or something but uh, yeah we'll see how that goes Anyway, guys, it's awesome to be back. Um, let's get on board. Let's support Tony and um, and anyone else who's, who jumps on the podcast. Uh, let's get the ball rolling and get things back going again. So, um, yeah, it should be fun. Okay, till next time. Cheers. Cheers.